Good morning. Good morning. I am so glad that you all braved winter number 47. I just want to welcome you all here. Uh, If you're new, if you've been here forever, if you want to get connected, come out to the Welcome Center after church today and chat with one of us. Have you ever noticed when you're having a conversation with someone and uh, like just the words they're speaking are not truth, right? Like if you're a parent, you talk to your two-year-old who just did something wrong, right? And as a parent, you have to speak truth into that moment because the behavior in the moment is not who they are. And your job as a parent is to speak truth into their life. Your job as an uncle, your job as an aunt, your job as a brother, as a sister, as a friend, is to speak truth into the lives of the people in our lives. Last night, actually, as I was getting ready for bed, God dropped this, this verse in, in my heart. And it's in John 4, verse 23. And it says, the, but the time is coming, Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman, which in, in Bible times was crazy. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the, and the word truth jumped out at me because I think we all have those moments where we forget who we are. We forget our identity, we forget, and the words we start to speak are not real. They're not the truth. But coming together corporately as a family to worship, we get to join our spirits together and we get to speak the truth of who God is and it cuts through everything. When we declare with our mouth the truth of who God is, it makes us realize, oh, I'm not that big of a deal, which is humbling and true. And when we get over ourselves and speak the truth of who God is, we're reminded of the truth. That was good. I don't know. I'm going to say that again. When we speak the truth of who God is, we're reminded of the truth. And so... These are not just words that we're singing. These are the truths of who God is. And so as a family this morning, we get the honor and the joy of joining together as family and declaring the truth. So we're going to jump back into worship here. And I just want to invite you just wherever you're at this week, start declaring the truth. Start declaring the truth and the words that are true. And we're going to watch God move. I'm excited. And so if that's you this morning, that's a word for you to grab onto. There's hope. Lean into the promise of God. Open your heart up and lean in. There's hope for you, for your situation, the things that are facing you. And so, Father, we invite the Holy Ghost to come in. We invite the Spirit of life to give hope, to awaken us to call us to action, to stand us up out of that hard spot we're in. We invite you to come and save us and deliver us. Come and make us strong again. Come and make us courageous again. In Jesus' name, we look to you, Lord. Can you put that, uh, the promise still stands? As, As this has been coming up, your promise still stands. I've been feeling... Like there's some people in here who you've been holding on to a promise for a very long time. That, that you, um, it's feeling hopeless. That it feels like there's, that it's never ever going to happen. And I feel like God wants to distrum- demonstrate 
that he's listening to you through a physical response. And so I, I feel like there's some people in here. Um, your left ankle, there's something wrong with it. Uh, I think there's someone else in here. There's something going on with your right hand. Uh, I feel there's someone in here, uh, or maybe even watching, uh, something going on with your hearing. There's something, whether you're not hearing properly or it's clouded or there's something going on. Uh, Also, there's someone else, there's something going on with your right shoulder. I also believe God doesn't want us to have glasses anymore. So if that's you, I want you to stand up and put your hands up. That's me too, I'm wearing glasses. And God, in Jesus' name, I command those things to go. They have no place here. They have no place in these bodies. And in Jesus' name, I command healing where there needs healing. I command restoration where there needs restoration. And I claim that today, God, that we would have testimonies and stories and more that we could share for like every Sunday morning for the rest of our lives. And so God, move. God, move. God, heal. So if that's you, just start testing that part of your body. Start testing that part of your body. And if, and if you feel something change, I feel like there needs to be an actual demonstration. And I just want to invite you to come to the front, start dancing, doing whatever you have to do, but just step out of your comfort zone and just start moving. So I have had my left shoulder completely taken out. Um, it's hurt to bounce my baby. It's hurt to do anything. But God has challenged me through all pain to never stop worshiping him. I walked into here today going, I don't know how I'm going to dance. And my whole left arm and shoulder went numb. It doesn't hurt anymore. So over the last week or so, I've had a lot of pain in my left ankle whenever I would stand on it for a long period of time or put weight on it. It just, it just hurt. And then Paul said, I feel somebody has a left ankle that's hurting. And I was like, yep, that's me, Lord. And um, it's, it's gone. The pain is gone. It's not, it's not hurting anymore. God is good. Through everything, God is good. And I I feel like before we move on, we just need to seal this up and celebrate what God's done. And you know when you go to an Oilers game and everyone like loses their mind? And then you're like, it's a hockey game. Or is that just me? (laughs) I won't make an others joke. Um, But I feel like we just need to 
like, if you need to shout or clap or whatever it is for what God's done, uh, I just feel we need to take a couple seconds to just do that. this morning just seeing all the pieces come together you know there's a stream of ones coming up and sharing little bits I've got this piece I've got that piece and we kind of went past a healed ankle there you're like hey cool healed ankle no stop and let that sink in you were in the room somebody got healed right it's really easy for us to dismiss casually oh something you know probably wasn't really his ankle you know what I mean like uh, that's what my head does, right? Like, I get it. So we're not going to hide behind that stuff. We'll call it out and say, okay, this is, there was a healing in the room. Okay. That's a sign for you that the word is true and the word is for you. I got the call last night from Pastor Mark. Actually, I texted him on the airplane. He's on the airplane. And somehow, iMessage went through. And he's shocked on the other end going, this has never worked before. I had no idea it was on the plane because I was expecting he was going to be coming in this morning. And so part of me panics right away. You want me to do what? The teacher side of me goes, um, how do I get two weeks worth of study in in the next two hours? But then the other half of me, the more prophetic side, is like, oh, this is going to be so good. I have no idea what God's going to do, but it's going to be so good. And then you come in this morning, and if you... Haven't made it to 9 a.m. prayer yet? Do yourself a favor. Seriously, do yourself a favor. Show up at 9 o'clock. There are some prayer warriors in that room, and they don't all look you know, loud and obnoxious like me. Deborah this morning. Now, when you look at Deborah, Deborah is reserved, conservative. Deborah would be the classic picture of, you know, the introvert. And Deborah was bringing it. She's praying silently, and then there's these moments of spirit eruption. And I, I walk into the room, and it's like I got right onto an escalator, and I start going up. I'm like, I didn't come in prayed up and ready to go, but Deborah's in there praying, and I'm like, oh, I'm going up. Okay. Show up at 9 a.m., I'm telling you. You want to see things change? Get involved. So the stuff that God's been percolating in my heart since last night, I, I did some sleepless. I'll confess to that because there's the human flesh side that's going, we're going to die. <laughs> <clears throat> and I actually, in Uganda, I had the worst flop ever. So I'm, it's fresh for me. <laughs> they get me to stand up the afternoon session. Pastor Mark and the team were lined up along there. and You know, prepare to go for half an hour. Okay, that's great. And then... Five minutes before I have to go up, they're like, okay, brother, so we've given you two hours. And I'm like, you did what? Mm-mm, And then that fear, the thing that I feared came over me. I'm up there, I've got, you know, everything that I've been prepared, whatever, and it's just going, eh. 
Jesus, help me. That fear, that thing that you hate happens. And then, you know, you look over at the team. Pastor Mark's right there. He rushes in. He used the same scriptures. And it was like a thunderstorm came in. I'm like, God, come on. It's not fair. Bleeding and dying in the corner here, you know. So that's the backstory. the last time that I've spoken. I like to be prepared. But this morning, coming in, it's like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm leaning in and I'm trusting. And the stuff that he's been showing me all has taken place this morning. Like, it's it blowing my mind. Sherry, can I put you on the spot for a second? Just come and share how you felt coming up about sharing this morning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> abs- abs- absolutely terrifying. He told me to come talk to you, but I didn't want to. <laughs> so I went flagged. <laughs> and then it subsided, but he said no. And it, you dismiss it because you think you have nothing to share, that you have nothing of worth. But you know, that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. So I was terrified. Does that answer your question? Thank <laughs> you. So, yeah, good job. This is what it's like to obey God. It's always fear and trembling because without faith, it's impossible to please God, which means there's got to be something for you to fall off of if you're going to obey him. Because if you don't need him, he's not interested in being involved. So that's one piece. Last night, we were with a group of people that were at the Uganda team, and and, uh, uh, Pastor Patrick, who is from Uganda, who spearheaded the whole team, was sharing about how he was going around to, to different churches trying to find support for this mission to Uganda. And he pulled into the parking lot, and he got out of the car, and he's like, ah. He had heard God to turn in, but then he went back to his car. And then he heard God again. He's like, ah, okay, I'll take a risk. And he comes inside. Who does he run into but the Bannises? Hello? They led Watoto for a year. They were in Uganda, like God connect, but it's with that fear and trembling, that little obedience thing that you've got to do. And the other thing that God was talking to me about as an overarching theme was opening your heart. And then you saw our dear, sweet Jen on the stage open her heart up. And I'm just basking in all this going... Oh, my Lord, you know what you're doing. What a gift. And it perfectly illustrates what God wants to do with us. And so because I don't have tons of time to prepare and get a bunch of scriptures and dissect the Hebrew and the Greek and whatnot, I'm going to open my heart and kind of share my experience and my process on how this stuff works to hopefully give you a glimpse on how it can work for you. So... Are there visitors in the room? Do the really awkward thing. Put your hand up for me. I'm not going to call on you. Okay, thanks. Appreciate that. The rest of you, pay attention. (laughs) You know me. You know that I get demonstrative in worship. You know that my hands go up. Sometimes the dance happens. Um, I think last week I had the stuff going on. How many of you have ever thought, what is that guy up to? Honestly? Sometimes I think the same thing. What am I doing? 
here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to hear God, and so when I see something in my imagination, I see a move, or I'll see my hands do something. For years and years and years, I used to see this stuff and not do any of it. And then I just, it got to the point where I, I got to do something about this. So I crossed the line. And it starts with simpler things like, raise your hands. But believe it or not, there's more. And so you, you get another step further out where there's more to do. There's more to risk. I don't necessarily know at times what these things mean. What I can tell you is that by obeying and doing them, my spirit and my faith are moving. And so I get loud. I, I, you know, I'm trying to sing. I'm trying to create. I'm trying to move, whatever it is, because I'm trying to reinforce. Body, pay attention. Spirit wants to do something. We're going to learn. Got it? And that means intentionally putting yourself under load. And that's what God's been talking to me about this first part of the year is intentionally putting yourself under load. Don't give yourself any room to sit back to, well, maybe somebody else will. Like this simple act of faith here through fear and trembling actually shifted the course of the room this morning. Pastor Patrick's pulling into the, the yard out here, engaged a group of people who went to Uganda how many decades? You shared this a few weeks ago. 36 years ago, Jen had a vision about going to preach in Africa in front of people, and it had never happened until that moment. And it was the caboose on the end of a fearful, obedient moment by Pastor Patrick. So you don't know whether you're going to be in the, the, the end zone moment of, oh, this is that thing I dreamed of, God, or if you're just going to be the connection piece that opens it. But I'm willing to bet that if Cher hadn't done her piece this morning, we would be in a whole different place. And then Pastor Paul getting up and going after the healing. I didn't see healing coming today. Because we each have parts to play. We each have things that we've got to do that nobody else can do. And every time there's going to be that bit of fear, which means you have got to open your heart. So part of the reason, going back to the worshiping side, of why am I doing this other stuff? Why am I trying to obey those things? I'm intentionally opening my heart to go, I've got to try this. I've got to be vulnerable. I've been criticized. I know the pain of that sort of a thing, but I also know that it's worth it. And so I've committed to that path, and I, I cross over intentionally. And it's not that you've got to feel you know, all inspired and whatnot first. It's you praise because you're obeying. And the obedience of it is actually expanding you and making you more effective. So in a similar vein, about a month ago, um, Pastor Paul asked me to spend some time with the, uh, the youth leaders. Is a May in the room? Oh, Let's just see what happens. <clears throat> so to, I was explaining to them what they, they said, okay, what's God saying to you these days? So I'm like, okay, put yourself under burden. And what does that look like? Well, I put a may on the spot. We're sitting around in, in 
Wendy and Mark's living room and like, you know, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I know Amay has prophesied, so Amay. And at this point, Amay's kind of dozed off on the couch, right? Like, she's, she's not there. It's not like she's... And she's revved up and ready to go. I mean, it was like I could have pulled her out of the fridge type thing. She was... But let me tell you, give her a simple instruction to start. There's 10 people in the room. Okay, Amay, I want you to get one word for each person going around the room. And her spirits are, boop. And that little bit of fear of, oh, how's this going to go? I've never been put on the spot like this, whatever. Well, then she starts to get one and then two. And then right off the bat, I can see flow starting to happen. I'm like, okay, we're going to change the rules. And then I immediately added more weight. And she responded. And then it got so out of control that other people start to want to dogpile in. They're like, I got a word. Because she's opened up. She's activating and we could have kept going. And it went from just having one word to prophesying meaning and stuff like that into people. And it was really amazing. Now this is for you. This is for you. We've got to do the same kinds of things. There's an urgency in the spirit for our nation. We know about the battle for Canada. We know about the, you know, the ideologies that are out there and stuff like that. But the pressure has come on the church to respond. And fasting and prayer has been going up across the nation, right? People have been sacrificing. People have been shifting things in their life to make room for what God wants to do. But there's even more. God actually wants to place the responsibility for the nation on us. Now, if you read into the Old Testament, the elders of the city were held responsible if a crime happened in their city because they were supposed to be on watch. Not out at night with the sword, but they were supposed to be in prayer and covering their city. And so there was a, you know, a somberness of, you know, you got called on the carpet if something happened in your city. But God wants to do that with the church. Prayer time is when you are actually really effective. And physical things take place. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, righteous woman, accomplishes much. So what's got to be going on in our spirits now is we can get that. We can get ankles. We can get headaches. We can get shoulders. It's like David said, right? I slew the lion. I slew the bear. This Goliath is going to fall just like them. You don't start with Goliath. You start with the smaller stuff. But when you get the smaller stuff, it's time to go after the bigger stuff. And it's not Christians on the sideline. It's not believers in the the back row waiting for somebody to do the thing. One of the scriptures that's come up a few times, I look for a man to stand in the gap and found none. So what's the context there? City walls broken down, you know, a gap from here to here or here. I sought for a man to stand in the gap. What does that mean? It means the wall was broken down. Something that was built is missing. I need somebody to stand in there and take the responsibility. This far, no further. To rebuild. If healing is not happening enough in the church, it's not 
Todd Bentley that's got to go and get her done more. It, it's not Tyson that's got to, okay, Tyson, you're the designate for Old Spruce Grove Community Church. Anybody sick, go to see Tyson. It, no, it's you. It's me. If the prophetic is missing, somebody's got to hear God. And how does that work then? It's practice. It's in worship on a Sunday, I'm getting a thing, I'm going to try it. I think I'm hearing, I'm going to try it. When it comes to ministering to people at the front who need prayer, it's, I think I'm getting something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Faith without works is dead, which means it can happen in there, but if it doesn't come out, it's no good to anybody. It's got to come out. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We belong to you and we were made for you. We were made for you. We are your temple. You belong inside us. You're longing to do stuff with us and through us. So one of the things that I'm doing, because I tend to gear around the prophetic stuff, I've been starting to provoke people in the body here who... They're prophetic, and I'm like, it's time to get you hearing more. It's time to get you engaged more. Because the question hasn't been so much, well, I don't see anything, I don't get anything. It's people who are, they're getting stuff, but they're going, maybe not now. Maybe not today. There's people in here who see better than I do. There's people in here who pray better than Nathan Jesperson. Like, there's worshipers in here. You hear what I'm saying? It's on us to do this stuff. It's on us to engage our hearts. But that means we've got to open our hearts. And the same thing applies in relationship where we've got to open our hearts and be vulnerable. We've got to take the risk. We've got to do what beautiful Jen did. Because there's people in here that need to know. Got something? Um, When he said something just like I heard... Can we be each other's lab rats? Like, I know that's a weird word to say, but, like, can, can come up to me and just say, hey, I got something for you, and just say it, even if it's, like, I don't, I don't feel it. Can we not judge? Can I not judge him? Can we not judge each other with it? Just, like, let us learn with each other. Can we just love and have grace for one another and just, like, hey, I want you to do this. Just start going. Like, sure, practice on me. Like, I actually will say it right now. If you feel like you ever get a word from me, come and tell me. I don't care. It'll be on me to go to God with it and say, is this actually correct, God? No? Okay, whatever. It's just words. It's not like someone's, like, killing me. But we all just take it so weirdly. We take it so weirdly. It's like we, like, we judge people or other ways we feel like, oh, they're going to judge me. Who cares? It's your responsibility just to say it, and it's their responsibility to take it to God and see if it's true. So we're, we're family in here. Right? We're family. That means, you know, mom and dad have got to call out the kids sometimes. Hey, I need you to look after your room. I need you to deal with the dishes. Like, <laughs> moms are all smiling. Yes, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so who in this room prayed for him to get a, a, a healing on his ankle? Was it just Pastor Paul? Or was it the family was praying? The family was praying. Sometimes somebody's out front, but the family is praying. 
So, hey, visitors, if you want to be family, let us know. <laughs> but this is the stuff we're going after. It's, it's Holy Spirit in man is what we want. We're trying to go there. We're, we're trying to lean in. We're, somebody's got to do this stuff, and we want it. But that means we're going to be practicing on each other. We're going to be taking risks. We're going to be prophesying. We're going to be, like, is it okay to miss? It's okay to miss. There's parents in the house that will help clean up if you miss. And you've got examples of people who are, you know, laying themselves out there to be vulnerable, to showcase how you do it. So if, if you find that you're stuck or you're hung up, get around somebody who knows how to open their heart. You know, and the, the prophetic stuff, I've got people that, and the word's getting out. You know, if you think you got something, come see me. I'll help you with, you know, timing or, you know, is it personal versus corporate? And I'll share whatever I've got. And if you've got something great that I can launch, great, I want to launch you. There's other spheres as well. So get around people who can open their heart. Get around the, the fathers and the mothers. Get around the mature. Because you can do this stuff. Um there were some of us that went to a conference that Bill Johnson was at and I've had an incredible, incredible testimony that I've been sitting on and I said there will be a time and place. Cam mentioned we need to pull on Holy Spirit and I knew uh, this is the time. And if you're ever wondering like, I don't know if I should share something or not, God will just keep putting pressure on you until you share. You'll feel like, I feel like I'm going to throw up if I don't share this today, right now. So, um, it was an incredible weekend. Uh, Randy Clark was speaking, and there was just wild stuff that was happening that entire weekend. Um, Randy would get up to speak, and he'd start releasing words of healing, and people were, like, flying all over the room. Like, Buddy, who's 17 rows back, and nowhere near the front off to the far side, like, Randy's releasing a word, and he's, like, flying over out of his seat, and it's like, God, that's really awesome, but what about me? So, William Wood finished um, the last night, and he gets up and he says, okay, we're just going to pull on Holy Spirit. And I'm kind of sitting there like, God, I want an encounter. Like, I, I'm, I'm desperate and I'm hungry, but what do I have to do to get this to happen? So a girl had come in the afternoon session and it just touched me and I felt this tingle in my brain. Not much, not a lot, just on the right side. And so we're sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, I got something to pull on, so I'm just going to start pulling on that. So I literally start telling Holy Spirit, I want more. And for 15 minutes, I'm just sitting there saying, I want more. I want more. And if you think I'm embellishing this whatsoever, you can talk to Paul. You can talk to my wife. Kristen Lagore was there. There's people that witnessed this. Um, the Laforts were there too. And finally, after about 15 minutes, like I, I can feel something's about to come, but I'm like, God, I don't care how undignified you make me look. I just want you to touch me. Boom. Power falls. And normally, I'm one of these people, like, I've had encounters before. I've grown up in a church like this. I usually get touched, and I'm falling on the floor. I'm not falling on the floor, but I'm just, like, going up and down. Like, power's just surging through my body. So I've got four people from the conference that are standing around me, and they think I'm going to fall over. And Derek finally comes over, and he's like, hey, I know this guy. It's okay. He's, he's going to be fine. So Derek's standing behind me. I'm just going, like, nuts, just up and down. And um, William Wood gets back on stage to speak. And I'm thinking, great, I just need to tone it down a second. And at that moment, I lost all control. I can't hold anything back. And I start yelling at the top of my voice as he's getting up to speak in Farsi. 
I don't know Farsi. I have no basis for Farsi. I've never spoken Farsi in my life. But I'm aware he's on stage. I'm screaming three rows from the front as loud as I can possibly yell. And I have no control. You want undignified? I definitely looked undignified. This cycle continued for six more cycles. So every time William would get up to speak, I would start yelling in another language at the top of my lungs. And the four that I know for sure I went through was Russian, Ukrainian, Farsi, and Korean. I don't speak any of those. I've never attempted to. There was fire on my head. God completely wired my brain. Like, this was the most incredible encounter I've had yet. I'm not going to say that that's the most incredible one I'll ever have because I want more than that. But the reason I'm bringing this up, nobody touched me. Nobody came and said, you're going to have an encounter. I pulled on Holy Spirit. And I said, I don't care how undignified I look. The next day, the Sunday, um, I was standing up front and um, I had this picture of the three stooges and I figured that was really weird. Like, what's going on with that? Derek comes over to me and he says, well, what if like we just looked like the three stooges? Completely undignified. Like, we need to pull on Holy Spirit. We need to stop waiting for Todd Bentley or for Pastor Mark or Paul or somebody to do something. We need to start pulling and releasing and go after God and stop caring What if I look foolish? You're probably going to, and it's okay. Like, we need to get over how it looks or how it might come across. It doesn't matter if there's life on it. Some of this stuff is going to look weird, but there's new things God wants to do. But the key to that is going to be pulling on Holy Spirit. So who has got a PhD in pulling on Holy Spirit? It takes faith. It takes the risk. It takes going after God in ways that you don't know. Okay, what do I do, God? And we've got to be okay with that. So another interesting thing that happened this morning, right at the very end, where he brought up the hockey game. Let's praise like it's a hockey game. Do you know what the Hebrew word for that is? I looked it up last night. That was one of the few things that I had in the time. The Hebrew word is halal, and it means, we translate it really neutered, praise. What it means is like that. It's go off. It's boasting. It's, my God is the greatest, the strongest, the mightiest. It's going off. Half the times you read the word praise in the Old Testament, it's that word. There's like seven or eight other words, but it's half the time it's that word, going off. And then I know you've heard this verse, you know, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, right? The word praise there, tehila, a variant of halal, Probably the simplest way of describing is that it's your praise going off. It's that undignified, I'm going to let her rip, God. I'll go back to Deborah. You know, we've seen Deborah go off. She's taken a risk, and I commend Deborah for her faith to do this stuff because, I mean, it's one thing for the extroverts to go off and do stuff. It's entirely another. Like the, the price is a different for the introverts. And they'd all say amen, but then they would have to say something out loud, so that ain't going to happen. <laughs> but Deborah's going after it. Your halal has got to come out. Your tehila. It's got to be your praise. And that's a part of opening your heart as well. So praise the Lord. You know, God responds to a sacrifice of praise. And then Friday, I was at a prayer meeting, and this thing came up related to praise that I'd never thought of before. 
I always think of praise as, you know, singing, music, and stuff like that. God's like, hey, do you know what you really like? I'm like, what do I really like? He's like, you like clothes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so what if I asked you to take a brand new Hugo Boss dress shirt and cut it up and burn it? And I don't, I don't know what your thing is, but my thing, that was it. And I was like, oh, couldn't I just sing? <laughs> The sacrifice of praise means it costs something. So if you don't sound good when you sing, sorry. And maybe say sorry to the people around you too, but your tehillah has got to come out because you've got to learn to release your spirit because it matters because your act of faith affects the body around you and might release somebody into their destiny moment or it might be your destiny moment, and God will not tell you ahead of time. Right. If you've ignored him for 20 years, he'll go, okay, now's your destiny. Obey. Uh-uh. If you've practiced squelching the Holy Ghost, when it's game time, that's what you'll do. So go the other direction. Go after God. Place a load on yourself. Somebody needs a prophetic word? Awesome. I'm going to go after God and get a prophetic word for them. Be that guy. Be that girl. We're training our kids to do it in the classrooms out there in case you got kids and you didn't know. That's what's happening. And at some point, you better be out in front of your kids on this stuff or they're going to start teaching you some things and you won't know how to hold them back. So, you know what I mean? Like, somebody's going to grow up in the spirit. And it's in this house. The prophetic words over this house, I, I know, I loop back around this. That's why they only let me speak once a year. I loop back around this stuff because we are meant for the Holy Ghost and the prophetic words on this house are that we are going to do the stuff. It's not somebody coming from the outside. It's not, you know, Rick Joyner and, and you know, Cheon and, and Bethel are moving here and they're going to do the thing and we're all going to enjoy it. It's us. So, Holy Spirit, what do we do now? Because I saw about that far, and I don't know what's next. Hang on. Okay. So about since about March, I've been um, wanting to pull on the Holy Spirit and learn how to do that. And um, uh, I've been doing research and looking into it and like... Exactly. Um, and I've, been, I've, I've just been constantly praying, and I ask God a lot of questions. And, um, and I was looking at all the things like, okay, here's the thing. You know God's talking to you when. And those things were happening in my life. But I realized something um, that we're all individuals, <laughs> so all the rules don't always work, and all the guidelines aren't always there. And there's something that my, ga- my dad has said over, in a lot of sermons over the years, that God placed a part of him in you that nobody else has. So he's not going to speak to that part the same way. And I've, I've realized that m- me personally, um, God asks me questions. He asks me questions, and then he, and then he expects me to answer them. Or he'll, <laughs> he'll give me words, or give me, like, I'll say, should I do this? And I'll, he'll, it'll be like the ending of a joke that I don't get quite yet. It'll just be like um, a couple <laughs> weeks ago at prayer, um, uh, God gave me a word, and I thought it was for myself. And the word was, step out. 
step out in your life. Take action. And I was just like, cool, sweet. That's an awesome word for me. And God's like, Abby. 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 And I'm like, yeah, it's a great word. Thank you so much. He's like, Abby, the word is step out. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) And so I did. And I've been working on it and praying. And I've just learned that... um, you can't always expect to be the same or hear things the same way as other people because God made you an individual. He did make all of us in his image, but a different piece of him is in every single one of us. So learning that the way he speaks to each and every one of us is unique is so important because I was expecting him to speak to me in a different way because he spoke to someone else that way or he spoke to my family members that way or he spoke to my pastors that way. So I was holding on to wait, waiting for that for years until God was finally like, no, I speak to you the way I speak to you because you are my daughter and I know you and you will respond to the way I speak to you tailored to you because you were made specifically for a certain purpose. And you are an individual, and no other way will work. (laughs) Wow, hey. Uh Uh-oh, body's getting activated. Okay, so God just put this on my heart while Abby was speaking, because I 100% agreed with what she was saying. But often in my life, I'll be pulling on the Holy Spirit, asking God a lot of the time. Recently, of course, it's with my kids. And what do I do about this situation? What do I do about this situation? Give me wisdom. What do I do? And God will be like, do this thing. So recently, um, God's pointed me to books, and I'm not much of a reader. So he'll point me to a specific book and be like, I want you to read this book. And I've had so many people from this body say in the past, I don't know how long it's been now, but like six to eight months, they've seen a huge change over Royce. And what that was, was a book I read and just how it changed my parenting to him. So in that process, I'd be like, hey, God, what do I need to do? And he said, read this book. And then I started the book, and that was great. And then I'd have moments, and I'd be praying for wisdom, and God, what do I do? What do I do? Why is he not talking to me? And then I'd go to my mom, and why is he not talking to me? And it's like, well, what was his last instruction? What was the last thing he said? Read that book. Did you finish that book? Not yet. Right? So why am I looking for new wisdom when I have not completed the last instruction? So for all of you who are sitting here and, well, God's not talking to me right now because I also feel like I'm in that place again because I'm in another book I need to read. Um, (laughs) It's like, what was the last thing? Find that. Or if you can't remember, ask him what the last thing was. Then you're not asking for something new. You're asking him to remind you. And then complete then you probably already have it and don't even need to ask again right in that moment. Okay, so this is the body activated, doing some stuff. Uh, got two things here. Uh, we're going to... She was just here. Where's Abby? Oh, you're there. Okay, you're going to come back. Hang on one second. Um, but God speaks to you in your relationship, the context that works for you. Now... I'll, I'll come back to you here. So in one minute here, I've heard God audibly with sounds. I've smelled things that aren't there. I've seen open-eyed visions. I, I've had impressions of a sense of atmosphere in the heart. I've had 
video image, like in my imagination, like so many different ways. And the only reason he's done that is to say, hey, I can talk like this. 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 He can say volumes in any one of those avenues, but it's just to even open up. You can hear God's voice, but it might not be the thing that you thought it was supposed to be. I haven't heard him speak audible sentences, but I, do you remember James Maloney? Okay. Do you remember how he talked about the teleprompter thing that I had that happen once I was in Bible college. This guy spoke out in tongues, whatever. And I, I started watching the ticker tape, like the, the news channel where it starts doing it across the bottom. And I'm like, I'm reading word for word. What's going on? I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Okay. I've never had this happen before. And then the guy interpreted his own tongue and it was word for word for the, I freaked. It's just to say this is the stuff God can do, but you are a part of the process. So learn how he's doing it with you. So um, pretty much since Kim started speaking, I've been sitting in the back, and there's just been this pressure just building in me. And for a very long time, I have been afraid to step out and come speak even when it is the appropriate time to, like on Wednesdays when we are practicing. And just now I'm sitting in the back and I'm like, no, it's not the time. It's not the place. This isn't the environment that's right for it. And I was waiting and I was waiting and I was like, someone just like give me permission to step out. We have got to stop waiting for people to give us permission. Because they won't. And I don't know if there's anything more that I'm supposed to say. Um, All right, I'm going to turn this over to Mike. Or Mike. Yep. Stay. Exactly. Stand here. Clayton. Clayton represents not just himself. And the reason why you're seeing his face contorted while he's talking is because he's actually carrying the weight of the room on his shoulders right now. Do you guys agree with me there? So Clayton, God's actually brought the weight of that, of that lie, the weight of that um, holding back, and he's rested it on this man's shoulders. And God, we bless you that actually you've made Clayton that he can carry this right now. And moreover, we bless you, God, that you gave him the boldness and the courage to come up and release that. Now, it's amazing. It's amazing. I just want to declare something. So I'm declaring this over Clayton. Uh, I saw this, and I just I want you guys to be bold. If you in any way right now identify with what Clayton just said, stand up. Stand up. I declare, just as Clayton said, that now is the time, and now is the place. That now is the time, and now is the place. I'm going to say it again. Now is the time, and now is the place. There's no room to wait. It's on you, in Jesus' name. And just give a hand to the Lord. Thank you, God. So, Jen, I just want to thank you very much for just uh, opening up and being vulnerable. Uh, that really, I know probably amongst other people, that really spoke to uh, my story. Um, but beyond that, I'm probably the introverts of introverts. I'm the, uh, the leader of the introvert crowd. So uh, this takes, well, I'll, well, 
Yeah. I'm a shy leader of the introverts. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's... My obedience is more important than what I look like. So, um, as we were worshipping, I just had this picture. And, again, I'm not... Uh, I don't kind of dabble in this stuff, and maybe I need to do a little bit more, but... I just had this picture of a bunch of helium balloons being tied together and carrying a basket. And I was like, God, can you unpack this for me? What does this mean? And I just really felt like God was showing me that we are the vessel. We are the actual balloon. We can be filled with nothing, and we can be useless. We can be filled with air, and we can really serve no purpose. And we can stay on the ground, or we can be filled with helium, and we can rise. And the helium is the spirit of God. And I really believe that as one balloon can rise with the helium, it can only carry so much weight. But with the balloons tied together, filled with this helium, we're able to accomplish so much more through the spirit of God. And <laughs> this is where, because I had this picture just as we were worshiping, and this is where I truly believe God has a sense of humor. Because then the comment was made, I think, throughout that, be okay with looking undignified. Well, we all know what happens when you suck the air of a helium balloon, right? <laughs> and so God, I feel, was just showing me this picture of be okay with looking silly, right? So that's, that's it. That was really, really good. Okay, so the very last thing I want... <laughs> just kidding. Abby, come on back. Okay, so if you stood... When Ben and Andrew, uh, Clayton, sorry, when Ben and Clayton were up front here, if you stood, stand up again. Because what I saw was Abby is going to pray. And she's going to pray the Holy Ghost and fire. All right? And it's, it's still five minutes to noon, so we're just going to let her go. The Lord has created each and every one of us to be used by him. And the lie that we are not worthy, the lie that we need permission, the lie that there is something that needs to happen for us to be able to be allowed to speak out is no longer going to be hovering over our, our, our congregation today because God is going to teach every single one of us how he speaks. He's going to show us in new ways how he can use us because we are important and we are needed because he can do do things, but he'd much rather use us because he wants to be in relationship with us. He, that's why he created us. That's why he put himself, himself in each and every single one of us because he knows that he can do whatever he wants, but he'd rather, he'd rather work through us and work with us because that relationship is so important to him and it should be important to us. So we are going, we are going to stand and we're going to learn and we're going to learn how he speaks to us. We're going to accept his words. We're going to step out. We're going to step out. We're going to walk in the way of the Lord and he is going to show us and he is going to lead us. And even if we fall, he's going to be there to pick us back up because he's not going to abandon us. He created us and he will not abandon us. He will always be there. So even if we fall, even if we fail, he will, he will lift us back up and he will teach us and he will restore everything and he, he in Jesus name that's it for me I'm turning it back over to him 
I just, I had a, a word about healing this morning, and, and as we were talking and singing and sharing about it, I just heard the Lord talking about humbling ourselves, and, and it reminded me of Nahum, Nahum, Nahum the leper, Nay, Naaman, this <laughs> is totally out of my head, Naaman, and how um, he had leprosy, but he was a commander of the army, and, and so he, he brought his entree, I don't know, he went to see the prophet, but he was, he was told to dip in the river, the Jordan River, seven times, it's like, why do I have to dip into this dirty river back home, I have clean river, and I could dip in there, but his little servant girl said, but why, what will it harm you, why not do what, what the prophet said, and so I really feel like there's, there's instructions that he's, he's given us. And, and instead of being embarrassed about it, instead of holding back, let's just honor the Lord and let's just do what he says and pursue him in that way to receive our healing. Like, I just feel like it's important to uh, just con- uh, respond and confess. Like, I have not brought my peace and that's something that the Lord's been convicting me of this week, and we've been talking about it already. So I just feel like I'm supposed to share and confess, and I feel like we're supposed to respond. This is my response, and as a body, we're supposed to respond. I have not brought my peace. I have not brought my balloon and connected it in with this body. It's been fine in relationships outside of this place, and but just being here on Sundays and then as a body, I have not brought my peace. And when I see things, like, things have gone just off, and they're not right. And the Lord's just been convicting me, like, what have you brought to make that not so? And I'm like, I haven't. So I just feel like we need to respond and uh, commit and just confess. We don't need to be afraid of failure or being fleshly or messing up. That is a, totally stands in the way of our, our growing and being whole together. So... That's my confession. I have not brought my peace, and I have been withholding from this body. I have resisted the Holy Spirit, and I am not doing that anymore. And I just, we need to respond. Awesome. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this family. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for the charge that is going out. So God, we respond, we worship you, we thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.